This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Lucy Watkin. It's Tuesday, the 30th of August. In your sport today, it's Sevens Heaven for Australian rugby, Rory McElroy's huge payday, the multi million dollar playing card, and fans feel the luck of the Irish. This is your sport today. We're starting today with Australia's newest world champions, our men's rugby sevens team. Uh, they won the bronze medal at the final World Sevens Series event yesterday morning in Los Angeles, and that was enough to win their first ever world title. Loose, it's been quite the wait for the Aussies. Yeah, the Rugby Sevens has been going since 1999, and this is the first title for the Aussies men's side. The World Rugby Sevens tournament is a seven-a-side rugby comp that's played all over the world by the top rugby nations. There were nine events starting back in last November, and each event was like a mini World Cup, but with points awarded to each position the team finished. For example, 22 points were awarded to the winner, 19 to second, and so on. The team with the most points at the end of the season won the whole thing. Australia won just one event compared to South Africa's four, but the Aussies were super consistent and finished in the top four seven times. For South Africa, it was win or bust. The Aussies just needed to beat Samoa to finish third and earn enough points to win the title, which they did 21 to 7. Yep, consistency paying off big time for the Aussies. Their previous best result was second back in 2001. That was back when Australia had the Bledisloe. It's been quite the turnaround for Australia's Rugby Sevens program loose. Things weren't looking real great about a year ago after the Olympics. Now, both men's and women's teams were medal favourites, but both were knocked out in the quarterfinals at Tokyo. Rugby Australia reviewed the Rugby Seven setup and decided to switch the head coaching positions late last year. So Tim Walsh returned to the women's team that he led to the 2016 Rio Olympic gold medal, and John Menenti took over the men's team. The men's program was also stripped right down, and only six players had full-time contracts to start the series, so not even enough to fill a team. Well, all the moves worked wonders. The women's team won their third World 7 Series earlier this year and the Commonwealth Games gold medal, and now the men have their own Sevens trophy as well. Yeah, what a year it's been for rugby in Australia with the Sevens teams doing so well. The Wallabies had that gutsy win over the Springboks on the weekend, and the Women's Rugby World Cup is on later this year in New Zealand. The golf now and Northern Ireland star Rory McIlroy is one happy golfer today. Uh, yesterday morning, he came from six shots back to win the final PGA Tour event of the season, the Tour Championship in Atlanta. And loose, he walked away with a cool 26 million bucks. All in a day's work for McElroy, but he had to work <laughs> really hard to win his third tour championship. Men's world number one, Scotty Scheffler, started the final round six shots clear, but that lead was gone in seven holes. Scheffler still led until the 15th hole, but lost the lead on the 16th. And from there, McElroy closed it out to win his third tour championship and third FedEx Cup title worth all that money. It's been one of McElroy's best seasons on the tour, and he's done it while publicly going against the Rebel Live Tour. He says he hates what's happening to golf at the moment, with more players set to join the Live Tour this week. 
Yeah, Aussie Cameron Smith is tipped to go there and we should find out soon because the next live event starts on Friday just outside of Boston. Expect to hear more golf news this week for sure. The new Allianz Stadium in Sydney will get its first taste of footy this Friday night. Uh, First up, it's the NRLW. That is perhaps the match of the round between the Roosters and the Rabbitohs in the men's comp. Souths are unlikely to have their star dummy half Damien Cook due to COVID, even though the club got the heads up from Albo that he might be able to play. Talk about having friends in high places, Sam. (laughs) So Cook tested positive for COVID-19 last Saturday morning, the day of South's match against the Cowboys. Under the current rules, positive cases have to stay isolated for seven days and return a negative test to be free. That means Cook wouldn't be able to play on Friday night. But there are reports Prime Minister and a huge Souths fan, Anthony Albanese, told the Rabbitohs that the seven-day figure could be reduced to five after the next National Cabinet meeting tomorrow night. But Souths are unlikely to risk Cook in case he infects his teammates with the finals starting next week. Yeah, our boat was asked about Cook at the National Press Club and he said it'll be up to New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet to make a call on the isolation times. But sounds like that won't matter anyway. Um, today's trivia question brought to you by the League Live app. Who leads the head-to-head record between the Rabbitohs and the Roosters? Uh, Roosters is one of the biggest rivalries in the NRL. Um, can you give us a bit of a clue here? Well, it's not much of a clue, but they have played 227 times. You're right, Luce. That isn't a clue at all. Uh, Find out the answer (laughs) at the end of the show. We're one week into the AFLW season and there's already a bit of controversy. Geelong beat Richmond with a goal at the death on the weekend. But Luce, the AFL says the wrong person took the kick. You were there on the sidelines. What happened? Well, with about a minute left, the Cats were trailing 9-11 to 11 when Cats player Georgie Presparkis got a frantic handball away and was tackled dangerously. So she was awarded a free kick and she slotted the goal from 35 metres out in front and the Cats held on to win. But the AFL says Presparkis should not have been awarded the free kick. It should have gone to the player closest to where her handball landed, which was Chloe Shear. The AFL says the decision was right, just the wrong player took the kick and the result will stand. No changes to the result. So Geelong still have that win to their name this season. It was a terrific finish to a low scoring game. I've put a link to the goal in the show notes if you haven't seen it. If you have any old sports trading cards lying around, we suggest you keep them in mint condition and lock them away in a safe place because they could be worth a fortune. If you don't believe us, well, a baseball trading card has been auctioned off for $18 million in the US. Lucy, have you got any of that stuff lying around? Well, I think I'm going to have to look now, see if I do, because $18 million, that would be nice rainy day money. So this was a card of New York Yankees legend Mickey Mantle from 1952, and it sold for $18 million, which is the most for a piece of sports memorabilia ever. The story goes 5,51952 cards in top condition were sold to a collector near Boston in 1986 for $125,000 US, five years later, one of those mantle cards was sold for $50,000, but no one knew who it was. 31 years later, we know it was Anthony Giordano who made a nice little profit from that purchase. A nice little profit indeed. The story goes that when the bidding hit $10 million, Giordano decided to go and have a nap and his sons told him what the result was. When he woke up, <laughs> nice news to wake up to uh, Luce. 
I've got all those Sydney 2000 mini gold medals that they handed out at the news agency. I wonder if they'll be worth anything in 50 years. Well, maybe you should hold on to them just in case. Good idea. Sometimes dreams do come true. On the weekend, a US college football game was played in Dublin, Ireland, but just after the game kicked off, there was a technical issue which meant free beer loose. How does this miracle happen? So it was basically a technical error by the stadium's payment provider. The game was between the Nebraska Cornhuskers and the Northwestern Wildcats. It was played in Dublin as a bit of a promotional event and a huge crowd of more than 42,000 fans turned up to watch at Aviva Stadium. But when the FPOS went down, the stadium didn't want to ruin the fan experience, so everything was on the house. As you can imagine... News spread very quickly and there were hundreds of fans queuing up and ordering as much as possible. Who knows how much it costs the stadium, but it's a move I support if an Aussie stadium wants to try it. <laughs> Luce, I can completely get around that. Um, <laughs> for the record, Northwestern won 31 points to 28 to start the new US college football season. All right, time for Catch This. Uh, and this morning, it's all about the US Open for us. Serena Williams plays her first round match at 9 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Then that's followed by the Kyrgios Kokonakis doubles match. You can watch that on Channel 9 and 9 now. Just make sure you check which channels those are on. Uh, all right, uh, as for today's trivia question brought to you by the League Live app, Download that for all your rugby league news scores and stats, especially with the finals coming up. Uh, Luce, we want to know who leads the head-to-head between South and the Roosters. Uh, We know they've played 227 times, but who's out on top? Well, Souths are on top. They lead 119 to 103 with five draws thrown in there. Mm, They call this rivalry the Book of Feuds. There'll be another chapter on Friday night. Uh, All right, that is us done for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Sport Today. Uh, Luce and I will be back with you tomorrow. We'll catch you then.